Hi, it's Bill Radke. Welcome to KUOW's coverage of the 2015 local elections. Seattle is about to elect its city council neighborhood by neighborhood, a big change that has drawn a lot of newcomers to council races, like the race for position nine. It is one of two citywide seats up for grabs, and it's a race between two people, both of whom are making their first run at elected office. Bill Bradbird is a community activist and chair of the Seattle Neighborhood Coalition. Lorena Gonzalez is an attorney and former president of the immigrant rights group One America. She served in Mayor Ed Murray's administration as his legal counsel. We started out by talking about our fast-changing city. Well, it's it's very clear that our city is is changing, and um, I, I think that that it's changing in a lot of different ways. One is just by virtue of the demographics of 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 our city. We are seeing a city that is becoming younger. The average age of a Seattle resident, to some people's surprise, uh, is is thirty five years old. And um, I think that's an important important fact to keep in mind. I think we see uh, an increase, obviously, in things like the technology industry in our city. Um, we are seeing an in, in increase uh, in um, in in, of course, the impact that technology industry brings to our our city in terms of a lack of affordability in our city, and um, and there are many other changes that we are seeing in our city in terms of of how um, how how the good things around um, uh, some of the industries that we're attracting to our city, and 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 we are seeing some impacts, some not so good, and some great that uh, are being caused to our city. So I'm hopeful that we'll be able to. Um, really, really, as a city council, highlight some of those challenges and um, find the opportunity where the opportunity is had and uh, really get to work on making sure that our city doesn't become a city where only um, only the rich and wealthy can can play and live. Bill Bradbird, how do you notice your city changing around you? Um, I see a city that's rapidly gentrifying, a city that has lost control of growth, a city that seems to care more about the interests of developers and their bottom line and the uh, and corporate uh, entities and their interests over the interests of the people who live here. Um, I think that uh, city council uh, has not been attentive to these issues. A couple of years ago, I helped uh, put together the proposal for district elections because our intent was to get greater citizen control over what's happening and to rebalance uh, the interests of the citizens with the interests of the companies and the developers that are working here. So naturally, you have both brought up growth, and we're doing a lot of business in this town. It's Boontown times. I hear uh, you, Bill Bradford, talking uh, more in a more alarmed way about how we've lost control, what you see is gentrifying. And Lorena, you mentioned challenges and opportunities. So why, why do you see the glasses half full and half empty at the same time? What do you, what do you think about this, this, these boom times? Um, I, you know, I think that, that with growth uh, comes both good things but there also are unintended consequences, and I think that 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 when I see the growth that the city is experiencing, I see us uh, hopefully becoming, um, with with proper guidance from our lawmakers and city hall, that we can become a global city that is still uh, a world class city that will provide a high high um, quality 
public education, that will provide living wage jobs, that will work on addressing serious social inequities in our community, like the nation's worst gender wage gap, like an increasing uh, wealth gap, particularly between communities of color and white communities in our city, that we can we can still work on those issues and embrace the economic development that we're seeing in our city. And so, I, so while while we cannot just let um, uh, corporate interests or developers run our city. Uh, because that would be bad, we we still have to understand that our city functions as an ecosystem. And it's our responsibility as policymakers to make reasonable policies that will make sure that we keep those interests in check and that we, we continue to be a city that is committed to our progressive values and that we are a city where all people are welcome and where we will be truly committed to inclusive progressive values. And that means not shutting the doors to the city of Seattle because you're already here and have already benefited. Bill, are you trying to shut the doors? No, and that's a, a, a line of uh, argument that Ms. Gonzalez uh, makes that's absolutely absurd. Um, but And I, I, I tend to uh, question her understanding of what's happening here because she largely speaks in platitudes without really addressing what the real issues are. What we have is a serious issue of displacement of people of color and lower income people out of this city. We see changing of neighborhoods in a way that is disrupting the fabric of communities. Uh, we see a city t- uh, failing to take its responsibilities uh, allowed to it under things like the Growth Management Act in order to ameliorate or to mitigate the impacts of growth. So, for example, we do not collect development impact fees. We are the only municipality uh, that in the area that does not. And because of this, we now have a situation where we have 6,000 of our kids uh, going to school in portables. We have uh, close to a $2 billion backlog in roads and streets maintenance, uh, and the Department of Transportation doesn't even track 60% of our road services, which are the residential streets. Uh, many people who live in the city understand the failure of the city to uh, take its basic responsibilities. The focus has been on unfettered development, um, and these impacts are real to the citizens who live here. We are d- dealing with increasing traffic congestion, not only on arterials, but now the arterials are so clogged that uh, daily commute traffic has moved off into the neighborhoods. Uh, We have a situation where we have um, job growth, but the job growth is not for the kids who live here. Um, It's not addressing the needs of the families and the people who are here. We are importing workers. Those imported workers are very high-paid workers, tech workers, who are, in effect, creating a lot of this displacement. Now, the city has, under the Growth Management Act, the ability to control growth, and we have not done that. We have allowed um, the so-called free market, which is really a handful of corporations and a handful of developers, to dictate what is happening in this city. I think that is a huge failure of responsibility of people in City Hall. And again, this is the type of thing that I and a number of the candidates that are running are very concerned with. Uh, There are a suite of candidates who are... I would say aligned with the uh, developer cabal uh, that is running downtown, uh, the chamber, and that sort of thing. And there are candidates that are interested in um, not so much in stopping growth, but managing in a way that is beneficial to the people here. The people that are suffering the most are the working class people, 
um, and the residents who are here. And I think to somehow say that um, the interests of people who will be here in the future override those interests is, a, is the wrong way to approach this. Lorena, you are associated with the city. You worked with the mayor. Um, what do you say to the charge that you're, uh, you're too much in the pocket of the, I think he's the developer cabal, that you're giving developers and the tech industry too much of a pass? Um, well, it, it's true. I was a legal counsel and a senior advisor to Mayor Murray for 11 months, uh, have have uh, now been on the campaign trail for about nine months. Uh, and in the nine months that I've been out meeting community members and talking about my vision for the city, um, I have not I've I've been doing that full time as a full time uh, a job. So I come I come to this position with a a a background as a civil rights attorney. I've worked as a civil rights attorney for over 10 years. And in the course of my work, I have dedicated both my work in and outside of the courtroom to representing working people, women who have been fired because they are pregnant, women who are being discriminated against or uh, or not promoted in the workplace because they are a woman, um, back of the house workers in restaurants who have been uh, who have not been paid fairly or who have who have not been paid at all um, by by businesses so I have dedicated my career to representing the working class people in this city against corporate special interest so I come to this position with a, not only a great amount of understanding of the struggles of workers in our city but I also come to this position with a with my own independent vision for what I want to accomplish here, um, as, it, as it pertains between uh, it, it, you know Mr. Bradbury likes to likes to as as I like to say I think he's 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 a little bit of a master of omissions when he talks about the type of support that I have and I have a broad degree of support. I certainly have support from the development community because I think they believe that I am I will make reasonable decisions based on the facts uh, in terms of how we're going to manage growth in our city. But I also am the only candidate in this race that has been endorsed by any labor unions. I've been endorsed by over 20 labor unions and I've been endorsed by uh, by environmental organizations, immigrant rights organizations, and a variety of other people within our community, all who who want to believe that our city can can elect somebody like me, who comes from a background of being a migrant farm worker, having earned her first paycheck at the age of eight, who who uh, believes in building consensus. So, um, I actually think that that my prior relationship with the mayor could actually be a benefit because I understand uh, fundamentally how the executive branch works. And as a legislator, I understand what my role is and my role will be to develop my own policies in conjunction with other city council members and to make sure that uh, that I ask the tough questions of the executive branch uh, in terms of when those policies are going to be implemented. We're talking with two Democrats Lorena Gonzalez, Bill Bradbird, both running for Seattle City Council, District 9, a citywide position. Neither one of you has ever run for office before, and yet one of you is going to help run one of America's premier cities. Why should we trust you with that, Bill? Uh, well, you know, for the past decade, I've been a community activist, and I've been uh, focused on what is happening in City Hall. Um, and I have seen firsthand... Um, the role of the city in enabling development, 
uh, the tactics that um, the attorneys uh, that support uh, the developers use in order to stifle citizen voice. Um, I have seen uh, the way that the city does not use uh, the tools available to it to manage growth. Um, and I have seen um, a, a split in effect that's happening in this city uh, between two different wings of the Democratic Party. Uh, those to uh, the right that I would call neoliberal uh, that have a positive uh, interest in unfettered capitalism and uh, the belief in markets, and uh, those that uh, veer to the left that uh, believe in more of a democratic socialism. Um, and I think that is manifested, as we pretty clearly see, in the battle um, that has basically emerged in the city between uh, the forces of Shama Sawant uh, on the left and uh, Mayor Murray and uh, the develop development community and the Chamber of Commerce on the right. Are you saying your opponent, Lorena Gonzalez, is an unfettered capitalist? Um, I think, well, I think that's a more complicated question. Um, I think if, if one were to... Well, that was your phrase, Right. Unfettered. Right, right. Yeah. right. Well, because that, that is basically the neoliberal um, ideology. Um, and now, would, you, would you put Lorena Gonzalez in that Well, I, I, don't, I don't know, Lorena, um, whether she understands it. I know that, um, that there's a lot of uh, academic uh, uh, research and um, uh, presentation related to the use of identity politics as a mask for neoliberalism. Uh, whether Gonzalez uh, personally feels that way about it or whether she's uh, being used in this way um, in her career, uh, being put forward by the mayor um, and supported by all these interests, I don't know. Um, I have not heard her dictate um, any kind of or, or elaborate on any of her policy positions. She speaks largely in platitudes about e equity and so on. And and so this is the challenge, is, is this role as a legislator. What do you want to hear from her specifically? Because here, here we are sitting with each other. Well, I, I'd like to hear what she thinks she would do to manage growth. I would like to hear what she, th she would do to... Um, to slow the gentrification and the displacement of communities. She has elaborated basically unqualified un support for, um, for the mayor's uh, HALA proposal. Okay, well, I'll let, her, I'll let you ask her for a specific. Sure. You, you, you want a specific? You let, I'll let you guys talk. Sure. Lorena, what would you do to stop the gentrification in the central area of Seattle, in southeast Seattle, uh, where we are seeing uh, neighborhoods torn apart and um, and people of color um, and poor people displaced out of these communities. Well, first of all, I'm a fairly fairly I have had the great fortune of being able to access an education here in this country. So um, uh, I am familiar with the concept of neoliberalism. I have I have. I have read up on that, so uh, it's unfortunate, Mr. Bradbury, that you think I, I I lack the intelligence to understand what neoliberalism is. I did, not uh, and I will that at all, I then. will uh, say very clearly that I am not a neoliberal. It would be difficult for somebody who grew up in incredible poverty as a result of institutional racism to um, to 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 be an unfettered capitalist is not what uh, where my principles are. So I want to make sure that. That we clear the record on that one. So, in terms of of growth management, I think it's important for voters and for Seattle residents to understand that that there is a clear difference and a clear choice between myself and Mr. Bradbird. And 
And in terms of managing growth, I believe that that there are recommendations within the the housing and affordability livability uh, uh, report that was released by uh, the mayor's office that will advance the uh, the the advance uh, policies that will combat things like gentrification and displacement in our community. One of those is the mandatory inclusionary zoning program, which is designed to uh, compel to force developers to build on-site affordable housing for people who make, if you're single, $36,000 a year, or if you're a family, about $54,000 a year. Now, the percentage that they are recommending is 5 to 7% in terms of uh, on-site building of affordable housing units for people who make money in that range. Now, there are, there are cities in our regions, I, I think, believe Kirkland and Redmond in particular, who have, set, who have a mandatory inclusionary program and have set the, the percentage at 10% rather than the 5 or 7%. I would be interested, if elected to city council, in taking another look at that 5 to 7% recommendation from the HALA committee to make sure that it isn't too low. And if we can go higher without, um, without having an adverse impact on the production of affordable housing units, then you bet I'm going to be fighting for a higher, higher percentage. Because I fundamentally believe that we need to increase the number of affordable housing units that are being produced in our city that will prevent displacement and gentrification. And Lorena Gonzalez, I'll give you the same chance to ask a direct question of your opponent, Bill Bradbird. Something you want to know from him about what he would do? Around anything? Okay. Sure, sure. I mean, I think, I think, uh, I think, you know, Bill, you spend a lot of time talking solely about land use and about um, how everything comes back to land use. So uh, I, I think that there's a broader set of issues that impact the city besides land use. Certainly, growth and affordability is the is is the issue du jour, and it's a very important one. But there are a lot of other issues that impact residents of the of the city of Seattle. One of the issues that I am fundamentally interested in working on is addressing the gender pay gap, which in Seattle is the nation's worst gender pay gap. So I would like for, and I think that I've been generally, uh, generally have not heard specifics from you about how you would intend to make sure that women are paid the same as men. Well, certainly, I think that's something we can work out within the city's control. I think one of the problems we have is the industries that we are um, allowing to move here uh, tend to hire uh, young men, um, and they um, and they have uh, we have no d- direct control over that. But I think that part of the problem we have is is because we are attracting industries here that are not uh, and job growth is is not targeted at our own communities. I think what we need to be looking at is our underlying uh, industries, uh, maritime industries, um, and the uh, in- industrial working class people that have lived here. And because our, we have a failure of education at the state level, uh, the, uh, the state's ability to meet the obligations under McCleary uh, to fund our education, the city needs to step up more uh, to assist uh, education uh, in the schools and to give uh, better career paths to young people, um, including young women. Um, And I think there are a number of ways to do that uh, through 
uh, uh, mentorship programs, uh, through um, uh, internships and apprenticeships, uh, to give uh, uh, skills training to the people who live here. Uh, but we do have an issue where we are attracting industries that are biased industries. Um, and we, as citizens of Seattle, have not been given the opportunity to say, as we grow, what kind of businesses do we want to run here? Um, so I think that, again, because we have given um, moneyed interests free reign, those moneyed interests are driving um, a lot of this um, disparity in the city. Um, and it's not only with gender wage gap, but it is with uh, overall um, income levels. And again, it's, we are seeing a rapid gentrification in the city here. Um, the city leaders um, and the Chamber of Commerce um, may on the front say they're concerned about it. But in terms of action and what we're doing in terms of the direction we're picking for this city, um, the, the people who live here are left out of the conversation. Bill Bradbird and Lorena Gonzalez, both candidates for uh, position nine on the Seattle City Council. We've got a big vote coming up. Move Seattle, $930 million for road upkeep and transportation projects. Uh, Move Seattle levy, yes or no, Lorena Gonzalez, and why? Uh, I'm a yes on Let's Move Seattle, Proposition 1. I hope that the voters will um, take a close look at uh, Let's Move Seattle and that they will, at the end of the day, determine that they should vote yes on it. And the reason I'm supporting Let's Move Seattle is 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 very basic. It's a large investment of $930 million. Um, uh, we have a we have a, a greater need than that, frankly. But I think that Let's Move Seattle is really important if uh, to vote yes on that proposition. If you're tired of sitting in traffic, um, I, I am incredibly tired of sitting in traffic, and I think that we need to be uh, we need to to seize the opportunity now to invest in our infrastructure uh, to make sure that we continue to have safe and well-maintained roads and pedestrian ways and bike lanes and and freight mobility and move seattle provides funding for each one of those things so now my opponent you'll hear him say that he opposes let's move seattle because there hasn't been enough community because there hasn't been any community process um, because there is a lack of accountability but i want to make sure that folks understand that in the process of putting this uh, proposition on the ballot, there was extensive outreach done to community. There were, I think, over 9,000 online survey responses received. There were multiple community meetings, uh, both with the mayor, with the director of the Seattle Department of Transportation. Um, there, there, there was uh, uh, there was uh, extensive uh, social media online outreach that had a, that reached over 130, 140,000 people. Um, so I think that I think that there has been sufficient community outreach um, on this. There could always be more, but I think that that we have that the city has done a good job of doing the outreach, and now is the time to to invest in our infrastructure to get the relief that we need around traffic congestion. Bill Brad Bird, there's been outreach, there have been meetings. Why do you still say no on Let's Move Seattle? Well, fundamentally, um, Move Seattle is a big tax, uh, the $930 million tax. The projects that are listed in Move Seattle are, according to the language in the levy, and I think this is where there's a difference between Gonzalez and I, and Gonzalez is pretty um, good at hitting all the talking points, uh, the marketing side of, of the levy, and not looking at scratching underneath the surface of what the issues are. 
The levy itself um, does not specifically call for the physical implementation of the projects there. They are purely illustrative. So what we've done is we've created a pool of money that is that can be applied at any point in time to um, Department of Transportation projects. As we've seen, uh, we have we have a very bad track record of estimating project scope um, and staying on budget. We have a seawall that was uh, proposed as a levy. Uh, there were many people who pointed out when that levy was created that that was an under budgeting of the work that needed to be done. We then find out from S, uh, from the city that that budget is that that project is seventy one million dollars. Um, underestimated. Uh, we have under Move Seattle projections for a lot of projects, but none of those projects are committed projects. I believe that we need to be doing a levy that is a short-term levy with very specific projects, with specific allocations of those projects, so that people know what they are getting. With Move Seattle, we do not know what we are getting other than platitudes about moving people around, safe streets, and so on. Now, it is, it's very clear to everybody in this city, and I don't think anyone would disagree that we want safe streets, that we want to move our traffic better, uh, that we want to have un, you know, unencumbered freight movement. It's so important to businesses. But Move Seattle does not do that. It creates a bucket of money uh, for the city over the next nine years. Now, back to the community outreach. I think what we need to be doing is we need to make the city function for the people who live here, for the businesses that operate here. And I think those those people know best how to do that. We are moving to a district election, a districted city uh, through district elections. And starting next year, each district will have a legislator that will be responsible for those communities. And I think it is important that through direct dialogue over those elected officials with the people in those communities, we should be defining what are the best ways to move us around. Where should we be making our transportation investments? Um, and Move Seattle totally works opposite to that. Okay, final statement time. Uh, what's one thing we haven't talked about that you want our listeners to know as they go to the polls, Bill Bradford? Um, well, the the um, the framing of me as a NIMBY or as an obstructionist um, is absolutely false. Um, I am a populist. I believe that uh, the people in this city and the businesses in this city know what they need to operate. Uh, the businesses of Seattle are not Amazon. Amazon is a gorilla in the room that is wreaking havoc uh, with this city. Um, and I believe that uh, Amazon needs to step up to support what is happening in this city. Um, if they try to grow as they do, um, or as, as they are doing and they plan to do in this city, um, say in the, in the wilds of Montana, they would have a cost of doing business to either provide housing for the, for the tens of thousands of people that are, they're moving here, um, or they would have to wait for the local development industry to provide housing. That's called the cost of doing business. It is, is a real financial burden on a company. When they've come here to the city of Seattle, they have, with that, um, with just the growth that they're doing in any kind of unmitigated way, are have imparted upon the citizens of Seattle that cost of doing business. And we are seeing that in rapidly rising rents um, and housing costs and in displacement and so on. And I think it is, I think that uh, we need to find a way for companies to step up and participate fairly in this city. Um, I think the linkage fee is one way to do that. 
However, the city has chosen to take a linkage fee that is a low linkage fee, um, and we could be you know, money would it, when they when they do the commercial project. So, for example, uh, Vulcan, who's one of the supporters of my uh, my opponent, um, when they've real estate development company, a behemoth here in the city. Um, when they when they uh, recently built some buildings uh, for Amazon in South Lake Union area, uh, there's about 1.8 million square feet of uh, office there. Their cost of construction was $400 a foot. They sold it to Amazon for $650 a foot. That's $250 a foot in profit there. Um, some of that money should be peeled off. I think the linkage fee that's been targeted um, is is financially great for them, but it does not achieve the type of mo- the funds that they should be putting in to be a fair partner in this city. Okay, Bill Bradbird and Lorena Gonzalez, your last word. Uh, well, thank you so much for for having me uh, here this morning. It, and uh, you know, I think that I think that again, you know, these citywide seats in particular, it is incredibly important in my view that um, that the folks who sit in the at-large seats are folks who have a broad understanding of a variety of different issues that confront the city irrespective of district neighborhood uh, boundaries. Certainly, the, the the way the issues play out in the neighborhood are in- incredibly important to crafting appropriate solutions. Um, but I I believe that I have that, that broad level of experience and, and leadership on a variety of different issues that are facing our city. Um, and it, as opposed to my opponent who, who, who runs on the single issue of, of land use. And um, I think that it's important for folks who are, are hopefully going to come out and vote on November 3rd to really do their homework and really understand that that the proposals to slow down growth and the proposals to, in Mr. Bradbird's words, to put a tarp on growth are actually policies that will increase gentrification and displacement in our city because we are not providing a space or an option for immigrant communities, for communities of color, for low-income communities to actually, uh, uh, we're not providing them options to actually have a space to live within our city. And so I believe that our city's growth can be managed in a way where where we can provide options for for everyone to live in. And I think that we need to not be so naive and believe that that we can only um, that we that we can deal with the growth issues in our city by just <clears throat> focusing on one end of the formula. We have to do outreach to the folks who are building this affordable housing stock and building our housing stock to make sure that they do the right thing. And it's it's up to us as legislators to force them to do that when they are um, exposing uh, loopholes and whatnot. So I, I am interested in making sure that 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 we that we stop gentrification, that we stop displacement, that we make sure that we do things like have robust labor standards enforcement, which also plays into income inequity in our city. I want to tackle that gender wage gap and make sure that that we deal with that. And lastly, um, I I am a police reform uh, activist. I played a key role and an important role in alongside with many other members of our community uh, on making sure that the Department of Justice would take a hard look at the Seattle Police Department and that that hard look would include uh, uh, combating racially biased policing. 
and and I'm very proud of that work. It's a it's a perspective uh, that I bring to city council that has never been represented. I would be the the first and the only city council member who would uh, who would be sitting at that table who's actually sued the Seattle Police Department for police misconduct and brutality. And I think in an age of Black Lives Matter, it's important to have that perspective and make sure that those tough questions uh, will continue to be asked. Lorena Gonzalez and Bill Bradbird both want your vote for position nine on the Seattle City Council. Thank you to both of you for coming in and talking with us. Thank you so much. Thank you, Bill. That's Bill Bradbird and Lorena Gonzalez. They are running for council position nine, one of two citywide seats on the Seattle City Council. I'm Bill Radke.